they found a way. They solved the problems. If you step out of the way and let sh- the sun shine on them too, mm-hmm. they can. They you'll start seeing new gifts and talents that your team will have that you may not have seen if they weren't put in that situation. How do you grow and scale your business while avoiding entrepreneur poverty? Hi, I'm Buzz, and I've spent over 20 years marketing for entrepreneurs just like you. I've learned there's no one secret to success, but a series of strategies to help business owners scale at will. On this podcast, we uncover invaluable insights that successful entrepreneurs and industry experts use to profitably scale businesses. Welcome to You Are Buzzworthy. Did you know that there is a big difference between growing a business and scaling a business? For many years, I didn't, and it created a lot of headaches for me. It's this misunderstanding that probably had the biggest impact on my 15-year journey through entrepreneurial poverty. It's definitely what allowed me to grow my first multi-million dollar business broke. So today, we are going to save you from my prior fate and clarify the difference between growing and scaling a business. And we're going to talk about how to recognize when you should transition between the two. So to help me unravel this topic today is Michelle Hoagland, a best-selling author, YouTube creator, and she has helped not only start new medical practices, but scale a couple of them for X. So growing and scaling businesses is something she is very familiar with. So let's get started. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Buzz. It's so great to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. The time of this recording, it is negative seven degrees here in Springfield, Illinois, where my studio is at. And you're in Florida. What is the temperature outside in Florida today? We are a cold Floridian 60 degrees. I know. Woo! I know. Everybody it's put so- their blankets on. <laughs> heaters. Do they even have heaters in Florida? Yes. And I actually have been using my fireplace quite a bit because it's not normal for us. So it's been fun. (laughs) I've I've heard that Floridians wear parkas anything below 75 degrees. Pretty much. My husband jokes, yeah, I'm the one that's layered up in Ugg boots when it gets about under 70 degrees. Like, what are you doing, woman? (laughs) Like, I'm freezing. I'm not used to this. (laughs) Let's dive in and just clarify for us the difference between growing and scaling a business. Growing a business is you're building the foundations to just get the business to a level where you can operate under your existing resources. Scaling a business is a whole different animal. When you have taken it, and it's so much fun for me to go in and identify systems to be able to see, are we operating and growing at our fullest potential now? Are we able to duplicate this? Are we ready to invest in increasing our employees? Are we ready to invest in more buildings to be able to truly then scale and duplicate this model? So when we talk about the systems, What differentiates people or a business that has systems that are good enough to grow versus a systems in place that are good enough to scale? Great question. So I have to say, identifying the friction points, where are things getting stuck? Can you back up on the train, so to say, and see where can this be prevented before it becomes an issue later on that's costing the business valuable time and money? 
are there things that can be done to help iron that out to lay the groundwork before it gets to be a problem? And then are there things that we can do to help squeeze more productivity and time and profitability out of our daily things that we're doing? Kind of look at your business with new eyes to, to look and see, are there some things that we can be optimizing in a way that we may not have thought? Um, different things I have found that truly, it's a layered approach that will help to scale your business beyond your wildest dreams, maybe even beyond where you want it to be. You might have to back it down just a bit. But it does work really well. I agree that, you know, having systems documented is a big deal for me. There's lots of books out there that talk about that. Uh, there's like Friction and the EOS, which I think is the Entrepreneur's Operating System. There's, you, you can read a bunch about it. But, you know, when I look at the difference between growing a business and scaling a business, I look at where the business owner is in that equation, mm, right? Good. And a business owner can grow a business, right? But there's only so much business owner to go around. Yeah. Right? So to truly scale, in, in my opinion, we're, we're actually looking at the systems that will take the business owner out of the equation. Yep. When you're working with medical professionals, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. is, is that harder to do when you have something like a, maybe a medical professional, consultant, or a coach where they are the business? I think it's a different animal because the practitioners, they went through medical school because they wanted to help patients. They wanted to serve in that capacity. So genuinely, I have found most practitioners are wicked smart, but they're not entrepreneurs in heart. So it's easier, I feel, with my experience of, of helping to coach people through that process, it's much easier because they just want to do what they love. And growing a business, they're just like, just they hire managers and practice administrators and consultants for that. Just right. let me work on the patient. So I find in that particular niche, it is easier. And then making sure that we're laying the groundwork so that we, all right, we've got it. We've ironed out all the wrinkles. Now let's duplicate. And then do we need to bring an associate on? Do we need mm -hmm. to open other practice because we're getting so many patients referred to us from this area, which is what what my experience was. Um, but making sure we're running at such a level mm -hmm. first before you start duplicating it. I agree with that 100%. And you know, translating that out of the medical industry and mm -hmm. into coaching, you know, as a marketer, you mm -hmm. know, I have 30 years of marketing experience, but I have to I kind of stepped back and let my team take the reins. We truly didn't start scaling our business until I was able to completely get out of the day-to-day, -day, wow. you know? Yeah. And I think that a lot of people forget that. Um, I have an episode not too long ago in season one that we talk about getting out of the way. Like mm -hmm. literally just let your people do what they're going to do. They're not going to do it 100% the way you're going to do it and maybe not right. even 100% as good as you. But to scale, I think that's where we have to accept some of the inefficiencies comparatively between you running the show and other people running the show. What's your point of view on that? I love that, Buzz. You're right on point with that. I think it's very wise. And when sometimes I think as business owners, when we know how to do every part of the business, sometimes it's hard for us to get out of our own way. And we need people to come in with fresh eyes to do that. But also, I remember hearing an adage once that my husband shared with me, are, what are the things first? There's, there's one thing that you absolutely love. It makes your heart go pitter-pat and you look forward to it every day. 
there's tasks and things that you do that you're okay with, they're neutral, you'll take it or leave it, but you're fine doing it. And then there's tasks and things that you do that you, you dread. You need to then get rid of as much as you can, the ones that you dread and bring people in that can do at least 80% the proficiency of what you can do on that dreadable task. As long as they can do 80% as good, then you need to pass it off to them because you are the bottleneck of the business. Typically, when that happens, find someone that enjoys doing those things. Yes, definitely. Enjoying doing the things you are even the best at. Right. Right. You know, I can't remember who I was talking to. We were talking, uh, it was actually one of the, another guests we had in December where we were talking about like the things that you are best at are mm-hmm. the ones that you need to delegate first wow. because you hold them so close to you, <laughs> right? It's, it's your, it's usually your passion, you know, or something that you just happen to be really good at, but mm-hmm. it might not be the best place for you inside your business to right. be in right? Because you can't work on your business if you're consistently working inside your business. Yes. So true. My gosh. My business passion is that as far as making sure that we are not standing in our own way. And also, is there something that we get clouded because we have the emotions of the experience that we enjoy, but yet someone else can come in and say, but we could do it this way or we could do it that way. And it really helps to streamline it and helps to take it to the next level. Definitely. And and once we get to the next level, I mean, when we talk about scaling, what we're talking about here is not inventing along the way. Scalability is repeatability. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Think about what Chick-fil-A's, think about McDonald's, and when they got out of their way and they have a system laid down and they don't, the people don't veer from the system because it is so streamlined that they can duplicate it, then that's when the explosive growth can happen and you can scale your business beyond your wildest dreams. 100%. And, you know, in my business over the last four years, when I reorganized the creative agency into a digital agency, that was been the whole thing. We cannot offer services that I can't delegate, Mm, period, right? And so what we've done over the last four years is basically reduce the amount of offerings that only I can provide down to about 10% of the time so that I can spend 90% of the time working on the business and -hmm. allowing everybody else to do that work. And then I can tune in for that 10% that really does need buzz at that point. And service-based businesses have that constraint. There is usually a personality behind it. There is an expertise behind the company, especially in consulting, medical, any of the professional services, lawyers, and all that good stuff, right? You can't just teach being a good lawyer. Right. Yeah. You can teach them how to be a lawyer, but they're good lawyers and bad lawyers, right? Yes, yes. But... (laughs) Like I have experience with the practitioners taking it to granular levels, looking outside the box, like legally you have to do this part of the surgery, but does the hygienist or does, you know, is there someone that can come in and actually numb the patients before you do the surgery? Is there other ways that we can do it where we can have you do only the things that you need to do and then bring other people in that are well-qualified that can handle the rest because you're not going to be able to scale without that. 100%. I love that. I think that the one thing that we forget, you know, when we do get our business to a point where it's working on our own, Mike Michalowicz actually has a book called uh, Clockwork. Have you ever read that mm-hmm. book? I okay. haven't, but I'm going to put it on my list. Put it on my list. The challenge he has at the beginning of that show is that you have to set a date, 
when you start taking a look at the clockwork framework and setting a date to where you walk away from your business for 30 days. Wow. No contact. No nothing. Wow. Okay. Now you Ouch. might have an emergency phone number and stuff like that. Obviously, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna set some fail safes, but the whole point is that you don't get the call and that they deal with whatever is in front of them while you're gone. And the goal is that the business actually takes on new clients, doesn't lose a bunch of clients, and actually grows mm -hmm. without you. Yeah. I had that, that experience. Not in a month. I was running two very busy practices as the mm -hmm. practice administrator and wanting to take time off with my family and taking a longer trip where we were going overseas. Mm -hmm. And so while doing that, you know, the doctor's like, don't leave. I'm like, I've got to leave this. You know, I, I need my, my <laughs> personal time. But... They found a way. They solved the problems. If you step out of the way and let sh the sun shine on them too, mm -hmm. they can. They you'll start seeing new gifts and talents that your team will have that you may not have seen if they weren't put in that situation. Exactly. Also, I think that if you step away for a month, the team itself is going to find glaring holes mm -hmm. in the system as well. Yeah. And so then that you can attack when you get back. Right. It's like, hey, listen. Without you here, we're without this, mm -hmm. right? And we can't make these decisions because we don't maybe have a decision metric or somebody doesn't have the authority or whatever it is that is missing when you're away can't be replicated. You got to fill that hole. Yeah, right? absolutely. You know, and, and you can see great ideas too that'll come. Oh gosh, yeah. Like, hey, now that you're out of the way, we were able to do this 10 times faster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, And you're like, oh. Oh, okay. And I always told my team, I'm like, just because I've done it this way doesn't mean it's the only way. Please, right. if you have a better way, please, I'm always open to learning, you know? 100%. And documenting it, right? Like when we change right. things, we need to document it. Uh, standard operating procedures or, you know, just guidelines even, you know, if it's not right. something that's an A, B, you know, do this, then this, then this type of thing. You know, mm -hmm. medical fields is like, you have to do things a certain way. Otherwise things go bad, right? Right. You know, when you talk about consulting, there's a lot of fluidity in the process. But mm -hmm. what we've done is created milestones and we've shortened the time it takes between strategies, right? So say like one of these these firms here, they got to 4X, right? We've sc right. We're scaling, we're scaling. Do you ever think that there's a time a company that is already scaling would have to transition back down to the growth stage? I think that... It's twofold. It depends on the owners and, and their desire of how far they want to take this. Mm -hmm. um, the industry, of course, would be a big consideration. Are they maybe at the point where they are looking at close, getting close to retirement? So that growing at that point may not be a good idea. Or are they bringing in, for, for my examples, you know, are they bringing in new associates? Then you definitely need to start growing again. You need to get out there and start paving the pounding the pavement and building more referrals and getting patients in the door. So it would depend on the structure of the leadership and their goals for their future. So how does a business owner know when their business is ready to transition from the growth stage to the scaling stage? I think when everything has become predictable monthly, now life is not predictable, but when you're doing your reports and everything is streamlined as much as it can possibly go and you feel like you've tapped out on your marketing efforts or your capacity to hold the, like for us, we, we've 
physically could not see more patients. We, I squeezed every ounce of the day and had brought in so many support team members to support the doctors so that we, we physically could not hold anymore. So we had to transition from growing in that regards and then scaling by duplicating our system and opening up other practices. So that I guess would be my best answer in regards to that. So when we look at basically the ability to turn on a motor versus having a hand crank a motor. Mm, yeah. And yeah. so a, a business owner who can walk away from their business for four weeks and it thrives without them would be maybe the, the catalyst of the ability to scale. Yes. When it becomes a, a routine and you really have identified all the broken systems, everything's running as smooth as possible, better than ever. And now you're ready to step out of the way and duplicate. Yes. So what type of actions can the listeners take in this next week to start pointing their business towards that scaling mode in their business cycle? I would ask the different people in your business, I would ask their point of view because everyone has a different angle. So ask them, do you feel, is there anything that you feel that we can be doing to run smoother and to run better as a business? Or if your resounding response from the team is, I think we're doing all, I think we're doing amazing. I think we're doing everything. That's when, and you know, you have more business down the pipe that you can handle if you were to scale, then that's when you know it's time to scale and stop growing. Uh, some great nuggets here. Hope that we have been able to clarify the difference between growing a business and scaling a business. And if you found yourself in the wrong lane for that, I challenge you, go ahead and step back, grow organically, grow measuredly, and make your business ready for the scale and only scale when it is ready. As always, please make sure that you subscribe to the show, leave us a rating, and as always, stay buzzworthy.